Hi, welcome to today's uh, lesson on the Hour of Grace. We're going to continue our 15-minute uh, uh, study today from Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. And just one thought from uh, yesterday's, I want to remind you the important uh, word, apostle, that the apostle Paul was one who was uh, sent with authority. And we are going to see this in his ministry. The authority he has to present the message, the revelation of the church, the body of Christ, the Gentile world, where Jew and Gentile become one, the new people of God that's developed. So keep this in mind that the importance, and Paul had to defend his apostolic authority. You know, he was criticized. There were times when some, those who wanted to criticize his ministry, uh, they could always claim that, well, he wasn't one of the 12. He's not really an apostle. And the apostle Paul, as we saw yesterday, made a point that he was sent, commissioned by God, and he was sent to proclaim the message that he was given as an apostle to the Gentiles, to the Gentile world. And so today we're going to continue, and this uh, very, very uh, fascinating passage of Scripture uh, we're going to get into today. Verse 2, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Two very important words. In fact, the Apostle Paul begins the majority of his letters with an introduction either exactly like this or very similar to it. And these two words are always so important as he addressed. This is not just a cliche or a throwaway line. Uh, this is a, an essential part, if not the gospel in a nutshell. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word grace appears 150, 155 times in the New Testament. And a hundred of those are in the Apostle Paul's writings. God's unmerited favor in providing salvation. The object of this grace, of course, is you. There's no actual verb in the Greek language here, but it's intended to be to you. And so Paul says, uh, grace and peace, uh, this is to you as members of the church, the body of Christ. Peace. Uh, a, wonderful word, a wonderful word, and of course, one we uh, need today to hear so much. And, you know, the Apostle Paul, will be mentioned this several times in the study, he wrote in the Greek language, a Hellenistic Jew, and this was, of course, the trade and the language in, in the empire at this time, uh, in the Near East. He wrote in the Greek language, but Paul, as a very accomplished rabbi, and one who had studied under, of course, the feet of Gamaliel, the top rabbi of his day, and even till today, uh, understood to be so. Uh, I, I want to suggest to you that, you know, Paul's thinking uh, on these theological topics was probably in Hebrew, and he wrote it in Greek. And so we're going to talk about several words that are uh, very important in the Hebrew language as we study this, even though this was written in Greek, and some Hebraisms, the Hebrew thoughts that we'll have as well. And so when Paul uses the word peace here, of course, you're probably familiar that the Hebrew word is shalom. The word shalom is, is more than just the absence of war. The word shalom has to do with the idea of well-being, of, of health and goodness. And so when the Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians and says grace and peace, these are two essential thoughts that we're going to find throughout the New Testament, throughout his epistles that are so important. Grace, God's unmerited favor, and peace, shalom, God's well-being. And, of course, he tells us in Rome, we are at peace with God. And because we are at peace with God, we are to be at peace with one another. And this quality of grace and graciousness 
and wholeness and health, shalom, is to be something that is characteristic of us as God's people in our relationships with one another, as we share this with the world. This is, these are essential thoughts of the Christian gospel. Now, the next, the next verse. Well, let's, let's finish that thought first of all. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word Father for God is not quite as preeminent in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament. Of course, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we see the Lord Jesus Christ uses this constantly for God, the Father. And we see this in the epistles as well, and in the book of Acts, that God is called our Father, our Heavenly Father. And also we have the word here, Lord. You know, the word Lord uh, translates in the, in the Old Testament, the word Adonai, which was used oftentimes for God. And in fact, in reading the scriptures in, in the Jewish setting, you, you would never say the word God. You would translate, you would substitute Adonai, Lord, or Hashem, the name, or as we'll see, uh, the Blessed One. And so uh, this word Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, is a word that in the Old Testament, uh, Master uh, is used of an earthly master, but it's also used of God. And in the New Testament, uh, we see a couple of times some important parts, uh, some parts where this is used. In the Gospels, where Thomas says to Christ, my Lord and my God. Isn't it interesting? He uses those two together, my Lord and my God. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36, let all the house of Israel therefore know without any doubt that God has made him both Lord and Christ. That is the anointed one, the Mashiach, the, the Savior, the Messiah. So we see here Paul says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we have this. Now I'm going to read from the NIV here first. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, I learned this in the King James translation. In fact, I've mentioned to you that Pastor Lloyd Peterson started these Hour of Grace back in the 60s. And one of the verses that our church was founded on was Ephesians chapter 1-3. I remember hearing it all the time. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the NIV has chosen to use the word praise here, which is fine. It's a good translation. But I do want to note that you'll see the form of this word blessed and the word in this, in the beginning here, if it was in the King James or some of the other translations, blessed, eulogetos, blessed. And then we're going to see that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. So obviously, um, this is a key word in this, in this verse here. This is a key word. Incidentally, I, I want to just also make a note here that you, that you should know that this section of, of Scripture um, uh, from verse 3 uh, down through verse 14 is one long sentence in the Greek. Now, the English translations break it up for us, but many of the Greek scholars have commented on what an unusual uh, sentence this is. One long sentence, one long eulogy, if you if you will. Obviously, you look at that word, uh, eulogatos, and you can see the word we get from it is eulogy. If you've ever been asked to give a eulogy at a memorial service, the Greek the Greek meaning is, as it says there, to, to speak well of. And if you're asked to give a eulogy, you are asked to speak well of somebody. You don't get up and make criticize someone and say bad things about them. You're there to give a eulogy. You just speak well of them. 
And this is the basic understanding here, to, to speak well of, to speak well of God. And in fact, in the Old Testament, you will see this um, phrase, Baruch Adonai, praise to God. You'll see this all the time in, in Hebrew prayers. It begins many Jewish and Hebrew prayers. Baruch Adonai, praise to God. Baruch is the word that is used here for praise or blessing. And in fact, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the word Baruch is used of God to praise him, to praise him. And uh, this idea that even though even the phrase uh, became used oftentimes even for a name of God, uh, the blessed the blessed one. And we'll see this um, that, uh, in, for example, in Mark chapter 14, are you the Christ? They said to him, the son of the blessed, rather than say the son of God, they said the son of the blessed. And so that word can even be used, uh, Hashem, the name, Adonai, Master, the word blessed, the blessed one, could even be used to, to refer to God. And it has to do with, of course, praising to God. In the Old Testament, when it's used of God, the idea is to bring praise to God. Blessed be the, 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 the God of our, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. So obviously this is a key word in this section here, the word blessed. The word blessed, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Well, that's a powerful thought. Uh, that's one to really stop and contemplate. It'd be a good, matter, a good verse to contemplate and give thought to, even on this day, spend some time. What does this mean? Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now, when this word is used of humans in the Bible, in the Old Testament, uh, Baruch, oftentimes it has the idea more of the blessings that they are giving, used of happiness or blessings from God for their well-being. When it's used of God, it's always used to praise God. Baruch Adonai, blessed be God. But we are his blessed people. In the Old Testament, they were blessed with, uh, with of course, many blessings. And they were blessed in earthly ways. They were promised protection. They were promised uh, prosperity. They were promised physical blessings in the Old Testament. They were promised the land. If they, and if they obeyed God, you read the cursings and the blessings in the book of Deuteronomy that have to do with obedience and being faithful to God. And so uh, when used of humans, the idea of that God would bless them. When used of God, it's you would speak well of, you would praise and bless God. And then we see that in this idea, who has blessed us, look at the word, the words twice in this, in this one sentence here, one phrase, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings. And of course that uh, brings us the idea of what are these heavenly blessings? And, and so in the translation again, in, in, in blesses, you know, in the heavenlies, these heavenly, these spiritual blessings. This idea that the blessings that we have received from God, our promises are not earthly in the sense that we have not the church, the body of Christ, the people of God today. We have not been promised a special land. We have not been promised to always have health and prosperity, contrary to what many do preach today. Um, God does care for us. God does provide for us. He provides our needs. And of course, in times like today, that's a very important uh, thought to remember. God takes care of the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. He will take care of us. But God has given us spiritual blessings in the in the heavenlies, in, in the spiritual blessings. And it's interesting. Uh, the Bible talks about the earthly and the heavenly. We're going to see the Bible talks about that we are seated 
in the heavenlies. And that is because in this in this passage, he does say, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And this is another really important phrase and thought in the book of Ephesians and in Paul's letters, that we are united. We use, we use this phrase that, that we are identified with Christ. Paul tells us in Romans that we, 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 we die, we're buried, we're resurrected with Christ spiritually. We are in Christ. If he is the head, we are the body. While we are the body on earth, like I, we talked about um, this past Sunday, that Christ is here in the midst of what's going on with us. We are also seated with him in the heavenlies, even though we are here on earth. So these blessings that we have in the heavenlies, we experience on earth now, in the here and now. It's just a wonderful, deep thought. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies now on earth. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. This phrase is used seven times in Ephesians, and we'll come back to that. So I just want us to close today as we, we think about this. this uh, you know, I think a lot of this, again, in Paul's mind and heart as a rabbi, one of the well-known, of course, uh, verses from the book of Numbers, the ironic blessing used to bless the sons of Aaron. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You see the connection with the Ephesians there? The Lord, the Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord give to you peace. In the Hebrew, Ye Berakah Adonai Vayish Merakah. The Lord bless you and keep you. And I think in today, as we go through the situation we're in today and we consider God's word, we consider the spiritual blessings that God has given to each one of us from the heavenlies. Give some time today, take some time today to think about that and meditate on that. The spiritual blessings he has blessed us with. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our word for today. Blessed, blessed, speak well of, to take care of, to be provided for with the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies here on earth. What are those today in your life? What spiritual blessings are you experiencing today? Grace, peace, hope, assurance, fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, service to others on his behalf, sharing this love and grace at our church that we belong, our church is affiliated with the Grace Gospel Fellowship, And of all people, uh, we should, uh, if we proclaim that, then we should be the most gracious. God bless you. We will continue this study. Again, we're just taking a few verses at a time. And again, the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for spending time with us in this uh, hour of God's grace today. Thank you.